This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, just in case you're wondering what's happening in the right from the deep world, well, Aaron, tell us about what's been happening with you. <laughs> I feel like I've been uh, nearly headed to my storm shelter every other day. <laughs> if yeah. you've heard about the tornadoes ripping through the U.S., well, um, I live in what feels like the middle of Tornado Alley, and we have had days where they just, those tornadoes spawn left and right, and these wall clouds come down and they go up, and... Boy, first of all, guys, if you live in an area that gets hit by spring and summer summer storms, please stay safe. Know yeah. your safe spot. They they talk about that all the time here. Know your safe spot and get there when you get the warning. But, you know, for me, it's also been a chance to realize how fragile life is. We are here at the pleasure of God for as long as he gives us, and he is in control even of storms. So be thankful, guys, of every day that you get. And hey, spend time on your relationships this summer. It's a good time to build bonds. You will never regret that as long as you live. And also, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon and send a special thanks to our sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Yay! Stacy's been hard at work on her first book, a Christian speculative fiction called Make Known the Path, which should release sometime this summer. So, hey, be watching for that. Yep. And now, here's, here's the, the show. show. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the deep. Today, we want to talk about faith. You know, that word can be tossed around a lot, but what is it really? What does it look like in the writing life, and why is it crucial for your writer's heart? You know, what triggered this podcast was that Aaron and I, as we always do when we start our work calls, we were reading from Streams in the Desert, which is my absolute favorite devotional. And then we pray. Well, one day we read this from Streams in the Desert. It was the reading for May 1st. Quote, faith does not say, I see this is good for me, therefore God must have sent it. Instead, faith declares, God sent this, therefore it must be good for me. That was a quote from Phillips Brooks in that particular reading. And that really struck us. That, that, in fact, I think I stopped the reading and I looked at her and I said, oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you guys think? Is that faith? And if so, why? For me, that's definitely faith because you're acknowledging that God is the one in control, that we do what he has asked us to do, the task that he's given us, but the end results and where our journey leads us, that's his circus and his monkeys, as my husband likes to say. It's not ours. We don't have control over that. 
And I think um, that's a good example of faith because it's about perspective. You know, for me, in that first example, we're we're judging whether something is good and then deciding God must have sent it. Right. And I think that's too easy and it's problematic. Um, not everything that happens to us outwardly looks like a good thing. But the second phrase, you know, it's God sent it, therefore it must be good for me. Like right. Karen said, that's about perspective. It's about acknowledging God's sovereign hand. And then we trust that he knows what he's doing and that he's going to use it for our good. So let's explore this a little further. Let's consider some definitions of faith. In Webster, it says faith is allegiance or duty to a person, loyalty. It also says belief and trust in and loyalty to God. So yes, in our reading, that was faith because it's trust in God. Here's some other interesting definitions from Webster. A firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Hmm. Now, I get that, but we have lots of proof that God is real if we just have our minds and hearts open. Another definition was complete trust. Another definition was something that is believed, especially with strong conviction. And the Bible gives us a definition of faith as well. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So in a sense that not seeing, it's a, it's, it takes on that aspect of no proof if we don't see right. it, you know. Um, Paul echoes this idea in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 when he says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And what does that mean in our writing life? You know, I think it means we can't rely on our limited human sight and perspective as we're navigating our writing life. One of our big questions on our writing journey always seems to be, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But mm -hmm. the deal is we try to answer that by determining, is it worth it? Am yeah. I seeing the benefit? Am I seeing a return on my investment of time and money, a return on what I'm doing that's worth the cost of all the other things that I could <laughs> be doing, but I'm not because I don't have time right now. But guys, that, that isn't faith. We can't do that kind of cost analysis because that's all about what we can see. Remember, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's why Paul also says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's from 2 Corinthians 4.18. And in the context that he's talking about hardships and difficulties, the light and momentary troubles, yeah. quote, unquote, that are, quote, achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, unquote. Guys, we as writers, we can totally relate to hardships and struggles. We can see those, but walking by faith in the writing life means we can't quantify the outcome of our efforts based on what we see or we can physically measure. You can't say, if I write a great book, it'll sell 50,000 copies or a million copies. It, it just doesn't work that way. This is an act of obedience. It's not an act of seeing the results the way that we expect them to happen. Exactly. And, you know, for some writers, we're going to have our writing read by others. We will, maybe hundreds or thousands or millions of others, but we can't know that when we're first learning the craft. We put huge amounts of time and energy into studying the craft, years writing word after word, page after page to become better writers over time. We're not going to see the immediate results of that. It's not like <laughs> by page two, we turn into Francine Rivers, you know? Right. <laughs> then there's years of pursuing knowledge about the industry, learning about marketing, years of building a platform bit by bit, never knowing if it will take off or if it will remain in relative obscurity. 
you know, doing anything without seeing immediate results takes faith, and that glorifies God. Think about the bigger picture here. You bring glory to God by walking in the path he told you to walk. The outcome is a better you. Right. Even if no one ever reads your writing, you become a better person, a better reflection of Christ, more conformed to his image by following him in obedience. That's a hope we can be sure of. Yeah. Like Hebrews said, that's fixing our eyes on the unseen, on a vision of what we can't be but aren't now because of Christ. Yeah. And one more thought here about walking by faith, not by sight. This is a practical thought here. If God gave us this task of writing, then we can't be discouraged by what we can or can't see, right? Don't let your early earthly vision dishearten you because right. God can do anything, anytime. And most of the time, we're never going to see it coming, okay? <laughs> but neither can we be distracted by what we can see. Because sometimes, guys, what you can see and what you want to head for, that isn't where you're supposed to be going, okay? We miss God's direction because we think we know where we're going. Walking by sight can totally get you where you're not supposed to be. When you walk in faith, you take it one step at a time. You don't look down the road and expect directions that are going to take you like a thousand miles down the road. You take each step as God makes it apparent. That's faith. So we've talked about the definition of faith that's found in Hebrews, but let's go back to one of the dictionary definitions, loyalty. <laughs> I love that word. How do we show loyalty to God? You know, it's it's when we don't give up on what he's asked us to do, no matter what things look like, no matter what we see. As we've said, it's obedience and adherence. It's trusting God for the outcome to be his outcome. And you know what else? It's standing up for God, speaking truth in the face of lies about him, right. writing truth in a world full of darkness, or even worse, a world where people do what Isaiah warns about in Isaiah 520, quote, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Boy, do we know some people like that who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This is an upside down world, guys. And what people are calling good just isn't in God's sight. And we have to hold fast to his truths. We live in that world, and it's our job to show loyalty to what God calls good and the light of God's truth and the sweetness of what's good for us in God's eyes. I think loyalty means that we conform to his image also, um, not to the image of the world. And we assign him the value and the glory he's due, no matter mm -hmm. what the world says and no matter what the world tempts us to do. Faith in the writing life means that we're loyal to him and what he wants in our lives instead of betraying him with, you know, say, unethical behavior, for example. Like, remember when Joseph is sold into slavery in Egypt and he's in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife is like, ooh, that, that guy looks good. I want to sleep with him. <laughs> you know, what does he respond? He talks about how Potiphar made him responsible for everything in the household and trust him completely. And then in Genesis uh, 39, verse 9, he gets to the heart of his reason to resist. He says, how then can I I do this great wickedness and sin against God. I See, love that. Th I know, right? And it's all about loyalty to God. But guys, that didn't come easy. It cost Joseph a lot. He gets hauled off to jail, right? But what about us? Are we willing to pay the cost? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to be loyal? It's easy to say yes or no, but guys, it's so much harder to back that up with actions. 
You know, there's a best-selling author out there um, whose books aren't selling just in the Christian market, but in the secular market as well, who's been impacting lives like crazy. And she has had numerous companies option one of her best-selling books for a movie. This book, man, the truths in this book made into a movie, that's going to change lives. And with each offer, she prayed and sought God's will. Every option fell through. Hmm. Every stinking option fell through. Some because the companies wanted to make changes to make the story more palatable, you know, to kind of tone down the message. Others wanted to go a direction that would sensationalize just the very wrong things in the story. And some because funding fell through. I mean, there were there were so many reasons. But here's the amazing thing. With each instance of these things falling through, this woman stayed focused focused on God, trusting that he was the one who made the deals not work. She's now in in negotiations with yet another company, Hmm. and it really may happen this time, but her stance, regardless of whether it happens or not, is this. She just wrote this in an email not that long ago. It's in God's hands. If he wants it to happen, it will. Hmm. You know, she says her job all of this is just to focus on him and be true to the story and message he gave her for the book, not to compromise to get a movie, but instead to wait until it's what God wants to happen for that book and for the people who be, who will be seeing the movie. I love that. So we've talked about some definitions of faith. Now let's talk about two key components of faith. And the first is action or doing. So part of what faith means in the writer's life is doing, acting, moving forward. It's taking steps to go to that writer's conference, to build relationship with readers and other writers, to get that book on craft and read it, to make time in your schedule to put your rear end in the chair and write. I mean, is that as hard for you guys as it is for me? (laughs) Then to write more and keep on writing, to work for excellence, to keep submitting to God, keep submitting to publishers and to editors, keep submitting to agents. Regardless of what the response is, just keep going, no matter what sales or rejections come your way. Keep doing until God says to stop, because all those things are your faith in action. Faith isn't passive, guys. Look at the long list the writer of Hebrews gives us as examples of people acting in faith in chapter 11. Noah builds an ark. Abraham gets up and leaves his country. Rahab hides the spies who come to Jericho. Why do they do this? Because of their firm belief, trust, conviction, and loyalty to God, because he asked it of them, no matter what it looks like. But there is a flip side (laughs) to all this doing, this action. It's called waiting. Mm. That is the second key component of faith. And I'm not talking about antsy, crabby, whiny waiting. I'm talking about (laughs) waiting well. We call that patience. Patience is all about submitting to God's timing. And Hebrews 11 covers that too. There is a list of people who wait in hope. Like Abraham and Sarah, they're waiting for their promised child. And Abraham, knowing he's going to inherit the land one day, but he never sees it. He never inherits it, really. But he knows it's going to happen. Isaac, Jacob, waiting for the same thing. Waiting is good, even if it doesn't feel that way. Waiting means that we're acknowledging our need for God and just to wait for him to act on our behalf. And guys, he does. 
I love that old poster that used to say, God, give me patience and do it now. (laughs) It's kind of my experience of patience. But Isaiah 64, 4 says, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. I'm going to say that again. No other God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Hmm. Guys, when, when you wait on God, things will happen in perfect ways and perfect timing because they're his ways and his timing. So what does waiting look like in the writing life? Because let's face it. Nothing moves quickly in this industry. It's hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. So sometimes it's patience as you're waiting for responses from your submissions or for your cover designer or your critique group or your agent or on and on on it goes. There's lots to wait for. Sometimes it's waiting months, years, even as your craft improves. Sometimes it's waiting for the right timing for something you've written to go to market. I mean, maybe God has told you to put that manuscript in a drawer and wait. As hard as that may be, it's the best thing you can do if that's what he's saying to you. You don't even know why. You, You try to question God, but he just says, just do it. You know, it's God's Nike. Just do it. (laughs) So maybe it's a story that needs a more seasoned hand and you're not there yet. Maybe the right audience isn't ready for it. It doesn't matter what the reason is. All that matters is that God is saying to wait. You know, that happened to a friend of mine. She wrote Mm. a novel. It was a good novel, good enough to get her signed with an agent. Unfortunately, the industry was not at a place where that manuscript Mm. could succeed. So pretty much, um, ultimately, no publisher wanted to take it on. But all this time, she's been honing her craft. She's been writing other books and selling them pretty well. She's been building an audience. And finally, just recently, she felt it was time to pick up that manuscript again. And you know what? She saw that it could be so much better than it was. She hired a macro editor. She got a long, long revision letter. (laughs) And now she's steadily rewriting it. And when she's done, it's going to be a better book. It's going to be a book it couldn't have been a few years ago. But will it be time to take it to the market? She doesn't know that yet. She doesn't have that answer but she knows now is the time to make it better. And then she'll just see what God says next. Guys, that's waiting well. And it's also doing well. And at the end of the day, that pleases God. Ah, Pleasing God. That's everything. And that brings us to the fruit of faith. So let's talk about the results of faith when we exercise it. Faith is crucial for us, not just as writers, but as followers of Christ, because Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Man, impossible to please God without faith. So why did he set things up this way? I mean, one reason is to help us get the roles right. He's God, we're not. <laughs> as hard as that is for some of us to accept, he's God, <laughs> we're not. He gets the glory. But we get a reward for our faith. Hebrews eleven six goes on to say, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God knows what's best for you, friends. He knows what's best for me. And what he has in store for us is so far beyond anything we can imagine. In fact, it's perfect. Right. And another fruit of faith is peace. That's another fruit besides pleasing God. When we have unswerving belief 
complete trust, unshakable loyalty to our God. What do we have to worry about? He's taking care of us. He's in control. Our job is just to rest in that, to stop striving, to stop trying to make things happen in our own strength. That doesn't mean that we don't keep working toward excellence in craft and marketing and everything else, but it means that we do these things with peace deep in our heart. And that peace, guys, that trickles right back out. Remember Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you want the words that you share with the world to be filled with that deep, inner, soul-healing peace. And that comes from faith. So what is faith? Well, ultimately, it's a mindset and a lifestyle. It's living with deep down conviction of who God is and who we are in him. It's an unwavering choice to trust him, to lay down our ability or to be more precise, our inability to predict and control or to measure with our insufficient human standards, whether we're being successful or not. You don't do this on your own, though. Faith is a gift from God. Ask him to build your faith, and he will. He really will. And why is faith crucial? Because it glorifies God, and it brings us peace, rest, hope, and joy. And it works through us to bring those things to the world as well. So 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, it's a really good verse to help us focus our hearts and minds when we need to act in faith. Here it is. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Friends, when we dwell on God's love for us, that helps us to know and trust him. And when we dwell on moving into Christ's perseverance, that helps us to set our priorities right and to move forward as he tells us to, not to worry about the outcome, but just to do what God is asking us to do. So let's focus on him. Let's focus on God and on who he is and on how very much he loves us, how very much he loves you and the rest of it. Let's leave that to God, because he's the one who will bring about his will for each one of us in our writing careers and in our lives. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time. Embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. 